How is everybody doing tonight? You doing good? I'm excited. Um, for those of you that don't know, Pastor Jonathan is on um, vacation, so you, you get me. Um, so I, uh, for those of you that may not know, I think everyone does know, but I'm Justin. Hi. How are you doing? Um, so I am Justin Gaston. I am married to the wonderful Cassie Gaston, who was playing the uh, piano there. Come here for my wife, even if you don't know her. I just, I just love my wife. She's awesome. Also, um, my family is in the audience. If you know them at all, they're wonderful people. Can we give it up for my family? Because they're awesome. Um, they're all here. Yes, I love my mom, my dad. I kind of like my sisters. They're good. Um, no, I love them, too. Just, you know, just like they're siblings. And I, I love them some days, and some days they're... They're siblings. Um, but f seriously, I love all of you so, so very much. And I am super, super excited to be able to preach tonight. Um, is anybody excited to be here? Yes. Yes. Um, for those of you that raised your hand earlier saying that you uh, have already put up your Christmas trees, I find that baffling. No, no shade. If you put up your Christmas trees, you love Christmas trees. But, like, that's, that's amazing. I remember... Um, one Christmas, uh, my mom's here, so this is funny. Um, one Christmas, we're like, I feel like I came home. I was in college. I came home, and I was like, Mom, where's the Christmas tree? She was like, I guess it's in the box. And I was like, oh. And this is like, mind you, maybe like three days before Christmas. And I was like, but where, where the Christmas tree? And she's like, I told your sisters to put it up. And like, I ain't going to put it up. And they, want, they want a Christmas tree. They put a Christmas tree up. And I was like, oh. So I took it upon myself to... Ask them why they didn't put the Christmas tree up, because I wasn't going to put up the Christmas tree, because if they want the Christmas tree, they could do it. Um, so, like, me and my family, we love Christmas, but Christmas, Christmas is not about the trees. It's about Jesus and presents, because we like presents, too. But we love Jesus, but we just like presents a lot, all right? Um, so we put up the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. You can call it Scrooges, but, you know, if you think Christmas is about trees, then you're sadly mistaken. Um, it's about that Xbox you're about to get. Um, no, it's not. Um... I digress. So, does anyone know the series that we're in right now? Iconic. Thank you. I'm so glad somebody answered, because if none of you answered, then we've been doing a really, really bad job uh, what we're supposed to be doing. So, this is the final night that we are talking about Iconic, all right? So, I, Pastor Jonathan asked me, he's like, hey, I'm going to be out of town for a little bit. Can you close the series in Iconic? And I was like, sure. You know, um, I used to be a youth pastor. Uh, um, many moons ago, no, like a year ago. Um, I, I've almost been here for a year. That's, that's wild. Um, so um, I used to be a youth pastor. I used to preaching like all the time. So when someone asked me to preach now, I'm kind of like, yes, I can do that. I got to get back into it. Let's do it. So if I seem really excited, that's why. Um, but I'm usually like really excited all the time. So that's why. I, I, just love, I just love Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for water. Praise God for water. I feel quite parched right now. Um, yeah, so let's get right into it. Iconic. Um, what, what is, what is, can you guys yell out some icons? Jesus, okay. Michael Jackson, I heard. Any, some icons. Who are some icons? This side, what, you guys saw some icons? Eminem is an icon, okay. Eminem. Who? You? <laughs> Hannah Montana? She, she not even real. All right. Some icons, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, so some icons, some icons. So I really want to talk about the influence of an icon. An icon is someone 
that is super like popular or famous or like will not their memory will not fade you are going to remember that person forever because they are truly iconic icons have the power to persuade to move to change lives to do all these things to people from far away you know most icons that you see like as you look up to the the names you yelled out none of us have ever met those people but we love them nonetheless. They're like our best friends. They post something on Instagram, you better know, I'm tapping, you know. Hearts, I love it. They tweet something, I'm retweeting because they awesome and maybe one day they might see me tweet at them and they'll just retweet it or the, or the person they have in charge of the social media will retweet it. And I feel real special because, you know, you know, um, you know Drake retweeted me and I, I just feel like we bros. Like next time, next time, we, next time we got a concert in Atlanta, he about to tweet me and be like, hey man, Backstage, we're doing it. Um, because we know that our icons, are they, they care about us. They're not the celebrities that love us. So um, have anybody ever looked on social media when your icons, your famous people that you love, be putting stuff on social media, they're looking like they're living their best lives, all right? They put things on there, you're like, man, this is, this is crazy. You know, why, what am I doing wrong? I hate when I see somebody that, like, it's famous, but they're my age. And it's like, man, I'm 23. I own five houses. I'm like, man, I'm 23 and I got loans. <laughs> you know, you know I, this is all I got. You know, like I look, you look and you compare and you're like, man, what am I doing wrong? Because like today I was on there, I think Deborah was in my office, I was on Facebook, and someone posted this video of this 12 year old kid that can play like electric guitar better than like anybody I know. And I was like, what am I, when I was 12, I was playing with Lincoln Log still. And like, I didn't, what was I doing? Like, what am I doing with my life? So this, tonight I wanted to like, see like the, the severity of these icons living their best lives. Okay. I want to show you guys this picture. The first, can we put the first picture up on the screens for us? This picture is, okay, Paris Hilton. She spent $325,000 on this doghouse for her dog, all right? This doghouse has two stories. It has pool. It has air conditioning. Like, what is she doing? I'm trying to pay off my school loans. I want to buy a house. Her dog has a nicer house than me. Like, this is ridiculous, all right? So, Beyonce. Beyonce and Jay-Z. This is a $85,000 Barbie that they bought for Blue Ivy for her first birthday. What? What? I could do a lot with $85,000. That, that Barbie has more expensive jewelry than your whole family. And this is ridiculous, all right? This next one, Mike Tyson bought a $2.3 million gold, solid gold bathtub. What is it? What? What? So, like, these icons, these people that we look up to, that we see on social media, that they post all these things, they show us these, like, highlight reels of these amazing things that they have. And sometimes, like, we like it, it looks kind of cute, and sometimes we're just like, what in the world is going on? They post these highlights, they are living their best lives. But I'm here tonight to tell you that you can be looking like you're living your best life on the outside and dying on the inside. You could post anything you want on social media. You could tell people that everything is good. You could come and say, you know what, I'm, I'm good. I'm a Christian. I'm coming to real life. Everything is golden. But truly on the inside, you are fading away. Tonight I want to talk about the influence of an icon. The power that is inside of each and every one of you. Each and every one of you are iconic in your own right. 
You don't have to have 2.3 million followers on Instagram to change someone's life and to be unforgettable to the person sitting next to you. An icon is someone that will, you will remember forever. My mom and dad, they're iconic in my life. I will never forget the talks, the spankings, the things that they've done in my life that truly have molded me into the man that I am today. How they raised me and what they've done is truly iconic. And each and every one of you have that potential to do that for somebody else that's in this room. Somebody else that you know that should be in this room. That should be here with you. You can change someone's life. So my question for you tonight is, how are you using your influence? How are you using your influence? You have the power to influence people. You do. You may not think you do. Like, man, only got like 100 followers on Instagram. Like, who am I influencing? Can you imagine if like you like said, like had 100 people in a room and you were talking? You'd be like, I did something. You have the power to influence. What you are portraying, how you are speaking, how you are living will influence people and change life. Just because, like I said earlier, just because it looks like you're living your best life on the outside, how does it look on the inside? If we opened it up, if we truly saw how people were living, how would your life reflect? How, what would people think about how you are living? The scripture tonight that we're going to look at is First Peter, First Peter, huh? First Peter, chapter one, verses thirteen through twenty. First Peter, chapter one, verses thirteen through twenty. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all of your hope in the gracious salvation that will come when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways, living selfishly out of your own desires. You know better than, but you must, you, did, you didn't know better then, but, but now you know. You must be holy in everything you do, just as God chose you, this is the God who chose you, is holy. Verse 16 says, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. You will be judged and rewarded according to what you do. So you must live in the, in the reverent, for um, some fancy like combination of words that nobody would say right now. Um, <laughs> for him during your times of temporary, as temporary residents on this earth. I want you to remember that part, temporary residents. So we can go to the next part of scripture. For you know that God has paid the ransom to save you from this empty life that you have inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid for with mere gold or silver, which will lose its value. It was a precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in the last days, he is revered for your, he is revealed for your sake. God, right now I pray that this message, that this sermon that I preach would not come from my power, but from you. I pray right now that we would not focus on the person to our right and to our left, that we would truly give, give you 10 to 15 minutes a focus, allow you to speak into our hearts. God, use me like only you can. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so does anybody ever have bad days? Yes? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, can you, like, can give me talk after? Because, like, I need to know. Because sometimes I have some real, real bad days, all right? So I want you to kind of think about your bad days. Hold on to that bad day. You know, reminisce on it. And we'll get back to your bad day later, all right? So use your influence to impact people. Use your influence to impact people. Verse 14 of that scripture says, you must, not live as, you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into the old ways of living to satisfy your own selfish desires. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your old selfish desires. All right? You guys know. You know what it takes to live a life of righteousness. You know what it takes to be obedient. You know what it takes to truly be on fire for Christ. But sometimes it gets hard. Does it, isn't it hard? It's hard. Sometimes doing the right thing is so difficult. It's really hard sometimes to, to, to focus and to be there and to pay attention. But I urge you tonight, just give me a moment. I truly believe that God has something so powerful for each and every person in this room. So how are you impacting people? Are you living for yourself? Or are you living for Christ? How do people know you? If I said that you're an icon and you're influencing people, how are you leading them? What is the narrative of your life? If I was to look from afar and I didn't know you at all, would I know that you are a follower of Christ? Would I be shocked if you told me you went to church? What are you representing? How are you living? What is the story that you're telling? Because an icon leaves a story. Someone that is truly iconic leaves a legacy. So each and every one of you have impacted somebody's life since birth. There are two people that will never forget you, your mom and dad. You know, if you say, I can't influence anybody, you started there. Oh, there's somebody, there's somebody that cares about you. You may say, no, I don't got anybody. I, I, there is at least one. And if you can't name anybody, I'll, I shall volunteer. You know, I love you guys. I love real life. I love praying with you guys. I love being there. But you have the power to influence people. You are telling a story that is life-changing. But what are you doing with the time that you have? What are you doing with the canvas that the Lord put in front of you? What picture are you drawing? What painting are you spending time on? Is it something beautiful? Or is it something that you like to hide? That like, I come to church, but I don't, I don't want nobody to know I go there. You know, I like, I like saying I'm a Christian to my parents because I think everything's good. But, you know, I, that's not the story that I'm really telling. Many times, when we think about those icons, those people on social media, a lot of times... Things come out that they, they were hiding some stuff. You know, things, things they, were, they, were, they weren't really who they said they were. I'm sure there's things that popped in your head right now. Some scandals, presidents doing crazy things. You know, some celebrity might pop in the head like, yeah, mm, mm, they were. They look crazy, you know. Because it's so easy to pretend that you're doing the right thing. But God knows the story. 
God knows what is really going on. And tonight, I urge you to not continue to push what is really happening under the rug. Do not slip back to how you were living before. Do not allow this world to tell you this is how you should tell your story. This is how you should represent who you are. Who you are is a child of God. A man of God, a Proverbs 31 woman, fearfully and wonderfully made, going after Christ. You are a child of a king, and if everyone has told you anything different, they're lying to you. You are valued. You are loved. You are iconic because you are made by someone that is so powerful, so loving, so generous, that there is nothing that can stop him. That's who made you. That's who gave you the power that lives inside of you, and that's who can change your life if you allow him. So how do you treat people? How do you treat people when you're at school, when you're at work, you know, when your church friends ain't around? That's true influence, the way you live your life. How you live your life is more powerful than any line you tweet or any snap that you send. You could put the best one-liner on Twitter and get like 50 retweets, but if your soul is deteriorating inside, it means nothing. How are you truly living your life? Because you write your story with your heart. At your fingers your hands, your heart. The narrative that you're writing is written with your heart. Many of us have had our lives touched by truly iconic people, such as your parents, your loved ones. But are you doing the same? Are you taking the opportunity, the things that you're learning here on Wednesday nights, the things that your mom or dad may have told you, and are you truly loving your friends? Are you becoming iconic to them? Are you sharing the life change that is happening to you every week? Are you keeping it inside? Are you taking advantage of the influence that you have? Are you wasting it? Are you taking advantage of what Pastor Jonathan, what Juan and the worship team are doing? Are you taking advantage of those things and truly using it to change someone's life? Are you just hearing the sermons and doing nothing about it? Coming into the sanctuary and just sitting. Treating worship like it's a concert. Not paying attention, not valuing what is going on here. You have the opportunity to be truly iconic and to change someone's life. Like I told you before, there are several people that are iconic in my life. One is Pastor Jonathan. He's not here right now. I'm going to talk about him. Pastor Jonathan is a truly iconic person in my life. Does he have a 1,000 followers on Twitter? No. Does he have like 10? Maybe. You know? Does he have a lot of followers on Instagram? He probably has a handful. Him and Jubilee share one, so that doesn't count, you know? But Pastor Jonathan is truly iconic in my life. 
You know, I wasn't always just a happy-go-lucky guy that I'm standing up here now. It's been a very angry person, believe it or not. Um, some of you may have seen that side of me flare up from time to time. I try to keep him at bay. Um, but I used to be full of a lot of hatred, a lot of anger. I did not like going to church. I didn't like church people. I didn't like happy people. If I saw a happy couple holding hands, I was like, why are you doing? Keep that away. I don't want to see that. That to keep, keep, mm, No, you know, I didn't, want any, I didn't want anything to do with any of those things. So I, when I went to ministry school, I kind of ended up going to ministry school because I was like, I don't want to be, I don't do anything else. You know, I wanted to be an actor at one point, you know, maybe one day. Um, but I remember seeing people that were on fire for God at ministry school, and I wasn't doing anything. Like, I was actually, I used to live in Columbus before I went to ministry school. I was going to CSU, and I was like, not really focused on anything. So I never going to ministry school. Pastor Jonathan came my second year at ministry school. And I was known, had the reputation for pouting all the time, just getting angry, just like, like stomping, slamming things, running out of rooms. I was not, like I was not like, I was at ministry school, people like, why, why is he here? Like what is, like, <laughs> I don't want him working at my church, all right? And so when I wanted to intern at this church um, that Pastor Jonathan was working at over the summer, and Pastor Jonathan wanted me to be his intern. But everyone on staff told him, maybe you shouldn't have Justin intern for you because he kind of has a bad reputation. You know, he kind of like, you know, he gets mad. He takes a victim stance. Like, it's always, it was always everybody else's fault. Like, can't own up to anything. And look, they told Pastor Jonathan, maybe, like, what about this guy? And the Pastor Jonathan said, no, I see something in Justin. He believed in me when a lot of people didn't. And he took me on as intern. Intern. So uh, at the beginning of the summer, I did not know that everyone was kind of like, maybe you shouldn't. I was like, man, I did it, man. I, I am the best. I'm this youth pastor, this intern. He don't got no other interns. I'm, mm, yes. You know, I am living my best life. My Instagram back then used to have those, like, little faded filters on there. I went up, yeah, intern, yes. You know, posted it up. I got, like, 10 likes. It was lit, you know. Back, back in the day, all I was caring about is I got to the double digits, so I got out of the counting, you know, wanted to get to 11. That's all I wanted, all right? So, like, it was, I was so excited. And I remember I started doing this internship. It was about a month in, and Pastor Jonathan was like, hey, Justin, you want to go to lunch? I was like, yes, free food. We're doing it, all right? We went to lunch. We came back. We sat in the car, and, he was, and I was about to get out. He was like, no, hold up, wait a second. I was like, yeah? He was like... Well, this is what I call in my, uh, my minister's journey, what I call the car talk. Pastor Jonathan <laughs> sat me in the car and told me how bad I was doing. He literally was like, so I asked you to do this three weeks ago. You didn't do this. I did this and then this. And then he's like, they didn't even want me to be your intern. Blah, blah, blah. And he told me all those things. So I was like, uh, okay. You know, and he was really honest with me. And he told me all those things, but he didn't just say, and now I'll leave. He told me all those things, but he said, however, they told me all those negative things. You messed up. We have a month and a half left of this summer internship, and I believe that you can do something. He believed in me when nobody else did, and that is what was a pivoting point in my, my life. I don't think I'd be standing on the stage if Pastor Jonathan hadn't taken the time to truly be real with me, to tell me what was going on, to open me up and say, you know what, you're not doing so great right now, but you can. And I believe in you. 
Pastor Jonathan will forever be a part of my life, and he is truly iconic. He has cemented that into my life. And so how you might be sitting there like, no, Justin, uh, I'm not a pastor. You know, uh, I don't know how to influence people like that. And I don't know if anyone has ever done that for me. Because you have the potential. There are friends that have impacted my life. I can tell story after story after story. So if you're sitting in this room, you might be discouraged. You might be saying, okay, you've been talking about all this. You're saying these people can influence my life. But you haven't really told me how I can do it. Fear not. I shall. All right? You only need two things. Just two. Two things to truly become an icon in someone's life. It's two. You need the truth and you need your tribe. That's what you need. The truth. You need the word of God and you need your tribe, your friends the people around you, because you could not do this by yourself. You should be founded in the word of God. And you should have people surrounding you. Jesus had 12. One of them was tripping, but you know. You know, but he was surrounded by people that helped. He was Jesus, but he had people there. He was the truth. Guys, you can't do this on your own. You can't expect yourself to be like, I, I got it all together. I'm good. I don't read my Bible. I just, I just tweet about it. You know, I love get on, get on Facebook. Inspirational, inspirational quotes. Everybody gonna think I'm good now. You know, what does the Bible say about love? Ooh, I didn't tweet that. I tweeted that last year. Let's retweet it. Everybody gonna think I'm good. You know, you can post all the things you want, but you are writing your story with what? Your heart. Your heart. That is what is truly going to make you iconic. That is what will separate you from everyone else. How you live your life, the story that you're told is told with your heart. You need the truth, the word of God, and your tribe. Use your influence to shift culture. Use your influence to shift culture. All those celebrities, I guarantee if a certain celebrity wore something, you'd be like, where'd they get that from? And then, like, all your friends are going to be like, where'd you get that from? And then by the end of the, week, end of the year, everybody doing it. Because they use their influence to shift culture. Guys, the culture of Columbus can change if you use your influence to shift things, to shake things up. To say, you know what, I'm not just going to be about myself. I'm not telling you to go on Instagram and Twitter and post all these Bible verses and make it like, you know, but truly be about other people. Be about people. Love people. Show this world that you're not only about yourself, that you truly care about others, that you're there for people. I guarantee if you go into your school and you just start being nice to people, you'll stand out amongst the crowd. You don't got to wave your Bible around. You don't got to do anything super spiritual. But if you just love people, you'll stand out. And people will want to be like, want to be around you. And that makes inviting people to church a lot easier. You people just want to be around you because you are surrounding yourself with love. Use your influence to truly shift culture. Stop playing games. Because we don't have time. This life is not a game. It's not a joke. We can have fun while we're doing it, but we can't say, you know what, well, I'm just going to get it together after high school. I'm just going to do it later. You're just wasting time. 
wasting time that you truly have a strong relationship with God, wasting the time that the Lord has given you, wasting this moment right now. If you're coming to real life and you're not paying attention and you're not reading the word and you're not taking advantage of what so many people would love to have, you're wasting a perfect opportunity to start developing yourself into an icon, to start developing yourself into someone that can change lives. So, I told you earlier to hold on to your bad day. I want to tell, I want, I want to tell you about a bad day that I had. Um, it was a while ago. I was living in Roswell at the time, and my wife Cassie had just gotten a little bad news about her family, so I took a personal day. We were going to ship out. We were going to go to Macon, Georgia from Roswell, about a two-hour drive. And before we left, I decided to fill up my tank with gas. I went at the gas station, and this doesn't happen a lot, but it really felt like the Lord was like, hey, this guy that's standing in front of you at the gas station, you know, ask him if you could pray for him. And I was like, okay, because like, okay. And so I asked, I was like, hey, man, you know, this is a little weird, but I was wondering, can I pray for you? And so usually I'm, I'm okay with rejection. You know, if he was like, no, that's okay, man. I would just maybe just say a prayer for him. But he walked away. But that, that's not what happened. The man looked at me and he said, <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't telling the joke, but okay. You know, and so immediately I was like, my spirits were crushed, and he just like kind of he like didn't even say anything. He laughed at me and just got in his car and like it was like a movie. Like continued to laugh as he drove away, and I was just like, "Oh, have a good day." Um, and so my, like that was like the first strike, and I was like, "Okay," you know. There was the second strike. The first strike was like Cassie's family having an emergency, and I was like really worried about that and getting Cassie to Macon. And then the second strike, I was like, "You know what? It's still gonna be. A, I'm gonna make a positive out of a negative." And the guy laughed in my face, but I was like, okay, you know, keep on trucking. Positive Justin. I'm not angry anymore. We're going to keep going. All right? So I get in the car. We're going there. And, you know, I'm in a little desperation to get to Macon, so I'm, I'm going a little fast. Um, so guess what happened? I got pulled over. And so like, here I am trying to be a great husband, hold it all together, and I'm like, I'm going to get my wife to Macon. We're going to take care of her family. And then I see the lights behind me, and I just start crying. I was like, God, I was trying, this one I was trying to be a good husband. And the, the officer comes to the window, and he's like, sir, um, what are you going through? No, he didn't say that. Um, but he came, he came to the window, and he was like, uh, did you have any idea how fast you were going? And I was like, nope, wasn't looking, just driving. Um, and this whole situation happened. I, I, <laughs> you can ask Cassie, but in situations, I just I tend, I tend to overshare. And I was like, it's having a bad day. My wife's like, we're trying to get to Macon. Like, bad things are happening. It's been a real bad day, officer. And he was like, okay, here's your ticket. And I was like, oh, thanks. Um, and so he gave me this ticket, and I was, like, crushed. I was so crushed that I just kind of sat there. Like, I didn't, like, you know, the, the cop kind of drove off and, like, stopped in the distance, and I was just sitting there. And, like, Cassie was like, are you going to go? And I was like, this day sucks. Like, I, I can't do nothing, you know? Um, and I tell you that story because I'll tell you later why I told you that story. All right, so the, your influence can identify the potential. I want to tell you a story about the great sequoia tree. 
the great sequoia tree. Can we put a picture of the, look at that thing. These trees are humongous, all right? These trees are actually the largest trees in the world. Um, these trees are so big that, like, they see that, I don't know if you can see it, there's a, little, there's a man standing there, and that's just the tree trunk, okay? This tree is huge, all right? They're actually the largest trees on earth. They can grow for thousands of years. These trees were here before your great, 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 great grandfather, all right? These things have been here forever. The giant sequoia is a very, very interesting tree. All right, like I said, you guys have all had bad days before. It stinks. It stinks to have a bad day. You get burned. You feel like, man, this whole thing is just horrible. I feel like the world is just lighting me on fire. I feel like I'm in the fire. I'm getting burned. And a lot of us, if we're going through the fire, we would say, we would like, if we could press a button and get rid of the pain, we would, right? If you're going through a hard time, you can just get rid of the pain, you would, you know? But it's kind of interesting, this great sequoia tree. Did you know that the great sequoia tree actually needs fire to continue its life cycle? The great sequoia tree cannot continue to lay its seeds and to grow and continue to develop without fire. You can put the next picture up there. This is the cone of the, the great sequoia tree. As you can see, it's still green. It is like kind of has a waxy kind of coating onto it. So the great sequoias rely on fire to release the moist seeds in their cone to expose, to expose the bare minerals to the, of the soil. All right, they recycle the nutrients that are inside of the ash because, as you know, when a forest fire happens, all of the trees burn, and there are more nutrients in the soil because all of the ash is made out of plants. All right, so the great sequoia, what actually happens is the fire happens, and the steam, it heats up that cone, it dries it out, and releases all the seeds so it can fall to the ground. The great sequoia cannot continue its life cycle without going through some things. It cannot continue to grow without the fire. A lot of you guys raised your hand and said, you know what, if I could get rid of the pain, I would. But I'm here to tell you tonight, some pain may be required to get to where you're going. Some pain might be required for you to become truly iconic. You may be sitting in this chair saying, life is so hard right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm inside of an inferno. I feel like everything is going down, but I'm here to tell you, if you persevere, if you have the influence of an icon, if you lay a foundation that is set on Christ, I pray that God will let go of some seeds and plant some things in your life tonight. Your life can change if you allow God to burn away the things that don't need to be there and release the things that he wants in your life to plant a seed that would truly change your life. A destructive force gave birth to new life. What the enemy is trying to lose to stop you, God can flip and change something in you. What the enemy is trying to say, you know what? You need to give up. You need to sit down. It's not worth what you're going through. I'm trying to heat things up to get you to quit. They're saying, it's not worth it. Stop it. Don't do it. God says, if you persevere, I will rain down seeds and I will lay some roots that will change your life. And I pray right now that you allow God to put roots now in your life. When you're in high school, to lay some roots because when the forest burns down, the roots stay. You need this. 
Stop taking these opportunities for granted. You need to plant some roots because when you get older and things get hard, you're going to rely on these roots. When you get in college and you don't know what to do and you don't have a parent taking you to church, you need these roots. When you get married and things get a little rocky and you don't know what to do, guess what? You need these roots. You need to release what God said he would release. You need to allow those seeds to come down and to change your life. So allow God to start planting seeds now so the roots will take hold. Your life will be changed. 